Hello, everyone, and welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. I'm Mike Hancock, and very pleased that you could take some time to join us here again on the podcast this week. We've got a couple of great guests lined up. We've got head coach Matt Sawyer dropping by, as well as Nick Rose, who put in a massive bounce-back performance in this past Saturday's 12-8 win over the Rochester Nighthawks. We're going to dive into some real interesting stuff with the guys this week, talking a lot about video and preparation, and of course, during these times when everybody can't get together all the time, video and doing things remote and over Zoom and all those kind of things have come in very, very handy and have become very, very important in the National Lacrosse League. And preparation, of course, always a big topic as well. So we'll dive into that with both Matt Sawyer and Nick Rose. We'll find out a little bit about what Rosie's watching too, of course, because he always wants to you know, chime in on that a little bit and... Uh, yeah, we'll find out whether or not he really did miss the rosy chance or not during the games. All that and more coming up on this episode uh, of the Toronto Rock Total Access Podcast. Check it out now. Uh, no doubt now. Uh, Welcome back to Toronto Rock yeah. Total Access. I'm Mike Check Hancock and now. I'm currently with Toronto Rock head coach Matt Sawyer. Matt, how are you doing today? No doubt. Yeah. I'm good, thanks. Good to be here. It is good to be here, and it's always better when it's after a win, which, as you promised me, you would be coming back on the podcast after our next win, which was this past Saturday. So first of all, general thoughts on Saturday night's win over Rochester. Um, you know, obviously happy uh, happy with the result. Um, just uh, two games in a row where we thought we had good performances, and, uh, you know, that's our... Uh, uh, that's our goal, and we just want to continue to get better. So, um, you know, all in all, it was a good night for us. And um, but that was uh, that was Saturday, and we're already looking forward to uh, practice tonight and, and focus on Philadelphia. So, knowing you, as I feel that I do, uh, you've talked about the message of getting better, and that's something that you know you've expressed to the team. Obviously, that everybody needs to get better, but you as a coach. What do you do in situations like this to get better? Because I know you're not just putting it on the players to get better, but what are you doing as a coach and the coaching staff to get better? Yeah, really, I think it was a challenge for uh, for all of us. And, uh, um, you know, we, uh, we we talked a lot about needing to be better, but uh, um, the next step is what are you going to do, just like uh, like you asked. So, um, you know, as a staff, we really uh, dove into uh, the video, um, analyzing uh, ourselves as a team and our different units and, um, you know, spent a lot of time in preparation for uh, uh, for Halifax and then for uh, um, for the Rochester game, and uh, just uh, try to find ways to uh, to get a little bit better in uh, in every area. And um, you know, just felt that uh, that was something that we needed to uh, we needed to do. You have two choices: you can just keep uh, uh, moving along as is, which at the at the time uh, we felt wasn't good enough, or you can uh, kind of look internally and figure out ways to uh, to get better yourself and. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, help someone else from getting or, uh, to get better. Now, when I think a lot of people hear um, people talk about, hey, yeah, we're going to look at the video and see what happens, right? We're going to look at the video and try to get better. We're going to take a look at the film after the game, see what happens, see what Please we can share. learn from sure. it. Right. But in the National Lacrosse League, what do you actually do? Like, how does the <laughs> process, and I'm just talking for people who don't know, because they probably hear that and sit back and go, Oh, maybe they just all sit around and just watch the game again, or 
what actually happens, right? What is the interaction between the coaches, the players, who's cutting the video? What, what actually is happening when a coach, a player says, I'm going to watch the video and find out. Well, I can, uh, you know, speak for us as a, uh, as a staff, um, you know, we're doing, uh, um, every one of our coaches are, uh, are doing their own uh, kind of, uh, um, breakdown of, uh, of games. So it starts uh, first with, the. Uh, with watching the game and re- reviewing the game, um, you know we're we're in a situation where we only practice and get together once a week. So, um, you know we're watching video, we're making reels um, of uh, videos and uh, you know of uh, specific plays, uh, individual ones for uh, specific players, and and also for the units, our goaltenders, defense, and uh, and offense. And uh, you know we send that to the guys for the week. Um, you know we have a. Uh, a video program huddle that uh, most of the teams uh, in the league do, but uh, we send that to the guys. We encourage, um, you know, kind of collaboration uh, as a coaching staff. We put that together, but and we put our comments on the uh, individual clips. But uh, we've really been encouraging uh, our players to uh, talk amongst themselves and kind of share it amongst themselves as well, because um, ultimately they're the ones on the uh, on the floor. Uh, uh, playing offense, defense, or, or trying to stop a ball. So uh, really, we're just trying to give uh, give them the tools they need to uh, um, you know to have success and and uh, uh, make themselves uh, individually as good as they can be, which usually translates into uh, uh, a pretty good team. So there's uh, there's your answer. It's not just well, sit, sitting down and reviewing and, and watching the game. It starts with that, but. Uh, um, you know, and I don't think this is anything special. I'm sure most coaching staffs do it, but we spend a lot of time on it. And, um, you know, we had uh, two weeks off of, uh, uh, our bye week and a break. And, um, you know, we really, uh, really dove into it there cause it is, uh, it is time consuming. So when you're talking, uh, again about video and how it's put together, how much strategy and thinking goes into it in terms of building guys up, pointing out their mistakes, showing things to build confidence, all that kind of thing. I'm sure it varies player to player, situation to situation, but what's your, is there a general approach to it when you're putting stuff together that, you know, it, it can't necessarily just be the bad stuff and it can't just be the good stuff, but where do you, or how do you find that balance? I guess is what I'm asking. Yeah, for sure. It can't, uh, uh, it can't be all negative. Um, you know, at the same time, uh, if you're a, a defensive unit, uh, we feel that, uh, you know, you need to look at, uh, at your mistakes, which usually result in goals, right? So um, we call them, uh, you know, it's a, a teaching point or a learning tool. And, um, you know, it's uh, uh, something that you need to see and, and um, um, try to get better from and, and look at different situations and maybe how you defended a play or a two-man game on the, on the weak side or whatever it might be. Uh, but you try to, at the same time, you try to add some, uh, some positives in there. And, and uh, I think we do a real good job of highlighting um, um, the positives, but the reality is, uh, when goals are, are allowed, um, you know, usually, uh, that's because of a breakdown in one area. It might not necessarily be a, um, a mistake. It might be, um, you know, to tip your hat to the opposition, but it's something you look at and, okay, how can we defend this certain situation better? And, um, should it pop up next time? Uh, maybe attack it a little bit differently. Same, yeah. same thing offensively, right? It's uh, uh, the offensive uh, stuff. If you're showing uh, uh, your goals, usually it's um, uh, uh, positive, but our goals were uh, few and uh, uh, far between early on in the season. So, uh, you know, we looked a lot at, uh, at a lot of our offensive sets and just tried to highlight where we could get better and maybe where we're uh, forcing shots or 
playing into the uh, opposition hands, kind of taking uh, what they wanted us to uh, or what they wanted to give us, and trying to find ways to get better quality opportunities. And that leads me to the question about, um, I guess, like you're saying, tipping the cap to your opponent versus a mistake. And how often do you sit there in a game, say you give up 10 goals, is it, you know what, they just executed a play really well? And it's not that we couldn't have done anything to stop it, but that you do just have to say, you know, goals get scored in lacrosse. It's not always the goalie's fault, which is an easy spot for a lot of fans to point the finger immediately is the last line of defense didn't come up. So it's his fault. Right. But how often in a lacrosse game are you sitting there just saying, you know what, that was just a well-executed play. And, and like I said, it's not that you couldn't stop it, but it was just, that's just a good lacrosse goal. Sure. It happens, uh, happens often. You know, you look at the game, uh, like you said, uh, uh, well, if you allow 10 goals, you come out of there feeling like you did a good job, right? That's mm-hmm. 10 times that you got scored on. And that doesn't mean that you made 10 mistakes. Um, at times, it's uh, just good execution uh, uh, by the other team. So, um, you know, that's a part of it. And you have to have a short memory if you're a goaltender or a defensive unit in uh, in lacrosse. Because, uh, um, like I said, a, a successful game is considered allowing uh, uh, 10 or 11 goals. Drawing positives out of what was a negative in the loss column, losing to Halifax. And that, sure. you know, I think generally, like you said, two good performances in a row, I think, is the feeling, even though only one was a win and one was a loss. But... How do you uh, like? How do you feel, generally speaking, about this team right now, where it's at now versus before the Halifax game? Yeah, um, you know, we feel like we're uh, we're making strides, and um, realize that uh, um, you know we haven't accomplished uh, very much. We're we're three and three, and um, you know, it's uh, after six games, it's not. Uh, uh, not where we wanted to be, uh, you know, but we feel better about uh, ourselves uh, than after five games, right? So we feel like we're going in the right direction, and um, uh, but it's uh, it's on us to uh, to continue to put those good performances together. And I say it all the time: it's uh, you know you're gonna there's gonna be nights when you play how you want to, and uh, um, you execute how you want to, and your commitment and and uh, your hustle, all that stuff is there, and you might not be successful. We have to put ourselves in a position where we do that consistently, night after night, and uh, see with uh, um, you know how many wins we end up with. So that's our that's our goal and our focus. Um, you know, we feel better about things, but uh, uh, we realize we got a lot of work to do. Now, the COVID protocol stuff, the team got through that, and then it seemed like the moment the team got <laughs> through the COVID protocol stuff, the injuries popped up. Sure. Now. Of course, it's cliche to say, you know, the next man up thing and that it has given other guys an opportunity to play. But let's talk about some of those guys who have gotten opportunities here. Um, Let's start with a guy who made his debut on uh, Saturday night, Jordan McKenna, who was uh, thrust into things fairly last minute uh, with Jason Noble being moved to the physically unable to perform list on the day of the game. Um, What did you see from Jordan McKenna? Was it a spinoff of what you had been seeing in practice translated into a game? Um, maybe talk us through what we got out of Jordan McKenna on Saturday night. Yeah, Jordan, um, you know, Jordan was uh, was good uh, for us, um, uh, one of many, and you, you talked about it with uh, um, kind of the next man up cliche or philosophy, and, and that is the, uh, um, I guess, the reality. We've, we've certainly uh, uh, relied on a lot of them this year just with the uh, the COVID and the um, uh, injury situation and things like that, but um, you know, Jordan was somebody that uh, 
when we drafted him, it was kind of with uh, an eye to the future. Um, and uh, he's just, uh, we're familiar with him. Um, he's uh, played in Orange Bowl, surprise, surprise. And, uh, um, <laughs> you know, we've uh, uh, coaching staff and, and management uh, staff that is, uh, has been around him. And uh, um, he's somebody that uh, uh, has looked good in practice and has just kind of kept getting better since training camp started. And, um, you know, it just came up that it was uh, an opportunity for him there. He's got a real good complete uh, compete level, and um, you know he's a, um, a good character in the room, and uh, he's somebody that uh, that everybody was uh, um, real happy to see the success that he had. And you mentioned the situation; he literally found out the. Uh, um, I guess I told him right at shoot around when we were stretching, so around uh, around ten o'clock that he was going to be playing uh, playing that night, and. He stepped in and um, you know didn't uh, didn't miss a beat. Maybe that was a, a blessing in disguise. Didn't have too much time to think about it. But uh, I don't uh, um, I don't know if any situation uh, or if there's too many situations that uh, that uh, Jordan would be intimidated by. So um, good personality, good player, played real well for us, and uh, um, we expect that continue uh, when he gets his uh, next opportunity. So, uh, but we've had a lot of guys uh, step up here and. Uh, Early on in the season, uh, due to our uh, our situation, and uh, play maybe some minutes that we didn't anticipate, and and uh, you know they've all uh, they've all showed well. The other two guys I do want to mention are Phil Mazuka and Chris Weir, another couple of defenders who've now got a couple of games under their belts. But uh, again, a couple of guys that have been thrust into things, and uh, I think Chris Weir was maybe closer to playing when when things broke camp back at the end of November. But now both Mazuka and Weir have gotten into games and. Maybe you're just uh, your thoughts on those two guys. Yeah, you know, and they're uh, they're two of uh, um, you know who I was alluding to as far as uh, stepping in and, and playing big minutes for us. And it started with the uh, uh, the Halifax game. The three, you know, three guys you mentioned there, and uh, along with Troy as well, right? Um, uh, they all started the uh, the season, uh, I guess, on what is called the practice roster. But it, you know my views and our views on that. Um, uh, you know, you have a 21-man uh, active roster, but, uh, um, you know, since I've been around here, we've had to uh, dip into all of our uh, uh, depth that we ha- have had. So the expectations that those guys who are, are on the practice roster are, are there for a reason. And, um, you know, we start the season knowing full well that we're likely going to have to call on them. In this situation, it just happened a little bit uh, earlier than we anticipated in the season. So, um Good performances by them, and uh, again, it's uh, uh, it's something that uh, we expect to continue. But uh, as we get healthier here, the other thing that it does is it uh, uh, breeds a little bit of internal competition and forces everybody to stay at their best in order to uh, uh, stay in the lineup from uh, you know game to game. Let's talk a little bit more specifically about the game on Saturday night and just the fact that the team started well, led after yeah. the first quarter for the first time this season. Yeah. Um, wasn't sure what, what to do was, there. Uh, what was Lar- what were Largy and Q putting in the Gatorade? Uh, yeah, Saturday night? I'm, not, I'm not, <laughs> not sure. I think um, you know going into that game, if I uh, have the stats correct, I think we were outscored 16 to six in the first quarter. So that's a uh, you know heck of a way to uh, um, start. Just always starting in the uh, in the hole, and uh, um, it was uh, it was something that you try not to focus on too much. Obviously, it's there, and and uh, um, your goal is always to uh, um, start better, um, but when it uh, becomes a main focus and you don't have that uh, success early on, it can start to kind of snowball and and be discouraging. So um, something that we've uh, we've been trying to put our finger on, and and uh, you know really that's just on the guys. They came out uh, 
um, flying out the gates and uh, uh, early on there before we got our first one I thought we could add two or three I, we were just creating good quality uh, uh, chances and I guess uh, would we break with uh, four after the first and felt like we could have had uh, uh, six or seven so um, Hartley played good in, in that for them and um, you know so it was uh, it was good to uh, um, see us uh, have some success early on and you just feel that on the bench and um, you know, uh, any time that you're uh, struggling to score can affect in a lot of different areas. So it was good for us, uh, good for our offense, good for our defense. It lets you play a little bit looser. I'm sure good for Rosie and that too to know that, uh, um, you know, he didn't have to put up a single digit number to, to get a win. Let's talk a little bit about, a little bit about the power play too. Uh, Rob Hellier didn't uh, see a ton of time on the power play, I don't believe, on Saturday night. A lineup that uh, consisted a lot of Challen Rogers, Dan Dawson, and Tom Schreiber as the three righties out there. Is that uh, something that you think is the right mix? Is it based on Robbie missing the game before and being out and him working his way back in the lineup, even though he put up seven assists? But uh, how do you see that going forward? That uh, setup on the power play. Well, Robbie's one of our uh, one of our main guys, no doubt about it. That was just solely based on. Uh, you mentioned Rob was um, uh, missed the game uh, prior, but we really liked our power play against Halifax. We felt that that was, uh, um, you know, the movement and it was the best that we looked uh, all year. I think game one we were five for six. So statistically, um, you know, that opening game was uh, was better, but we felt. Uh, um, we just liked how the power play was moving the ball and, and just kind of ad living out there in the, the previous game. So that's why we, we started with the same unit. Um, didn't have that same success early on against uh, uh, Rochester. So, um, you know, Robbie got his time in there. But we're fortunate, uh, especially on that, you know, uh, on the power play there with the, the right side. Um, you know, we got four, uh, four pretty good ones and only three of them can play at once. So um, that's all that was. But, uh, uh, Robbie's one of our offensive leaders, and I'm sure he'll get uh, get lots of look on the power play uh, moving forward. Now you've already seen Philadelphia once. It was here at home on December the 18th, the Toronto Rock win. Uh, going into Philadelphia on Saturday, this team obviously still as dangerous offensively as they were uh, when they were here. How do you contain a lineup that really just seems to, you know, in a couple of short years since expansion here, has put together a pretty formidable offensive group. Yeah, they got a nice group up front, no doubt about it. And, um, you know, they got a, a real good team. It's always fun uh, um, playing in Philadelphia, too, with that uh, um, that atmosphere. But you, you asked about their offense. It's just, uh, um, <clears throat> you know, they uh, they work well together. Um, they have uh, good pieces. Obviously, their right side jumps out to uh, uh, with their skill level and their size um so that's a uh, different animal to deal with over there there are three big bodies who play the game hard set hard picks um uh, got a good inside and outside game and then they you know their left side they uh, um you know you got small and uh, and ramble who can uh, fire the ball and then blaze is making a name for himself as one of the better inside players so um as far as uh, on paper offense go uh, um they're as good as it gets but uh, we're looking forward to uh, to that challenge and um, you just go into uh, into the game knowing that you're going to have to put up some some goals yourself, and um, you know I think we did a, a good job speeding up the game against those guys. You don't want it to be a, a half court game because that's when they're at their uh, their best. So uh, we need to be on our toes and speed the game up uh, defensively. And anytime that falls on the floor, uh, you'll see us flying up the floor, which is no secret. 
All right, Matt, well, to shift gears a little bit here from NLL talk, let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the track. Obviously, Ontario regulations have uh, changed here as of Monday, January the 31st. We're back into another stage of reopening here, and that meant the return of programming here at the Toronto Rock Athletic Center with Track Athletics, which you're heavily involved in. What's going on? What's back? Yes. Um, well, we're uh, obviously excited about the, the opportunity to uh, to reopen. So we had, um, you know, our uh, Rock Elite League, the junior division, uh, started up uh, last night. And, um, you know, all of our programs kind of uh, back and up and running. And um, the Rock Elite Development League is going to start uh, back up on uh, the 13th, I believe, of February, if that's the Sunday, um, solely because we're... Uh, uh, we're in uh, Philadelphia this weekend, and then Colin, who uh, who handles a lot of our uh, programming, he's uh, heading out to Arizona this week uh, with our uh, our Rockstar group. Uh, both uh, boys and girls Rockstar teams are going out to uh, Arizona to play in a tournament out there. So um, I guess we're we're starting the uh, um, uh, the uh, development league with a a bye week, and we'll get rolling there on uh, on the 13th. So uh, exciting time for us to get all that back up and moving and. Uh, we just launched a, uh, um, I guess a relaunch. We've done uh, two successful sessions of our, uh, we call it our U7. So it's just the little guys, uh, three on three um, uh, lacrosse, just uh, kind of learning uh, lacrosse and get out there with uh, uh, Dan Dawson runs that and does a real good job. We play some uh, mini games as well as uh, um, about uh, 25 minutes of instructional at the start. And then uh, all the kids get to play some uh, some games. That's going uh, February the 16th, and it's um, it's pretty much full already. So, um, yeah, back into uh, uh, full swing of things, and that's that's what we do around here, and we're excited about it and uh, get this uh, place jumping again. You bet. That sounds great, Matt. All right. Well, thanks for joining us on the show this week. Best of luck in Philadelphia this weekend. Are you gonna go and are you gonna go grab a cheesesteak while you're in Philadelphia? Well, you you've got a recommendation for me, so we'll see. Well, it wasn't um, really my recommendation, yeah, but yeah, um, we'll see. I'm sure uh, Brucey likes. Is his, there a uh, spot you got in mind for a cheesesteak? Brucey likes his cheesesteak, so I'll uh, I'll follow him. <laughs> All right, Matt. <laughs> Best of luck this weekend in Philly, and I'm sure we'll do this again soon. Yeah, can't wait. <laughs> All right, that was Matt Sawyer, the head coach of the Toronto Rock. We'll take a short break here on Toronto Rock Total Access and be back. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. I'm now joined by Toronto Rock goaltender Nick Rose. Rosie, great to have you back on the show. Yeah, so soon. It's good to be back. Thanks, Hammer. Uh when was the last time you were on? A couple of weeks ago? Yeah, I think two weeks ago, maybe. Yeah. Before Chow and Maddie. Boss was on in between, no? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, so. I don't really listen every week, so I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> you only listen when you're on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, good game Saturday night. How did you feel in there? Yeah, no, it was a good win for us. I, uh, I felt pretty good personally, but uh, yeah. Hopefully that's uh, the standard here going forward. Now you did mention uh, that you and Brandon Miller had worked on a few things over the uh, couple of weeks leading up to the game. Maybe you can kind of expand on uh, what you said after the game there and, and what are those things that, uh, I mean, you may not need to divulge any secrets I'm saying here. <laughs> but generally speaking, what were the things that you guys worked on? Yeah, I definitely don't want to give away any secrets to uh, Philly for this weekend. But uh, no, we... 
I think we uh, were a bit more thorough with the video. Uh, we had a good Zoom session last week to go through uh, some goals uh, against and kind of what we, uh, what the staff want me working on, and it it certainly worked, and it uh, was very evident on tape uh, after this past weekend, and um, a few more kind of goalie specific uh, footwork drills too before practice helped as well. So uh, I think it was all good stuff. Video, hot topic on this week's podcast, because I did talk to Toronto Rock head coach Matt Sawyer earlier, and we talked quite a bit about what goes into a video session beyond just the old standard, yeah, we watched some film and made some changes or some adjustments, but how do you consume the video? What are the things you're watching for? How are you interacting with things? What is it that makes video beneficial for you? Yeah, I mean, in general, I've always kind of watched, rewatched our games and then watched the games uh, for our upcoming opponent uh, from the week before. And and then obviously whatever the coaching staff uh, shares with us uh, in terms of specific clips uh, have always watched. But um, like back to last week with B and uh, Maddie and all of them uh, end up kind of commenting on uh, some of my stuff and almost basically critiquing myself and um, just, as I said, a bit more thorough with it. And, uh, yeah, it's all good stuff. And when I, when I ask how you're interacting with the video, because I also posed this question to Maddie just about, you know, when reels and video are put together and there's a balance between pointing out mistakes and also, you know, adding things to reels that are saying, Hey, this worked, we worked on this. Like, you know, you can see your successes and your failures, but you know, how do you how do you deal with that as a goalie when you're sitting there and, and having to sit like, oh, yeah, maybe I should have had that one or, yeah, maybe I should have done that or, yeah, see, I told you I made that save or, you know, how are you consuming it, interacting with it when you see those things that are both your successes and your failures in games? Yeah, I mean, I think I've maybe said it on this podcast before or on a podcast that I think as a goalie in the NLL, you, you know if you're playing well or not and I personally wasn't happy with my last performance against Halifax and with the extra bye week uh, sitting there lingering. Um, yeah, it was a little tough, but uh, no, I, I think it was all good stuff to get back on track and kind of refocus. Uh, um, we're through, I guess, a third of the season now and hopefully uh, keep playing well and we can go on our run now. How tough was it for you sitting on the bench? watching things in that game against Halifax when things didn't go well for you? What kind of uh, mental space were you in, I guess you could say, during that game? Yeah, I mean, I I guess it was a little bit different from the norm. I mean, I played a lot of minutes here, but I wasn't really too focused on uh, my mindset. Like, we were in, in a game. We were trying to battle back. Obviously, Troy's first uh, minutes in the league was trying to kind of talk him through it as well, and um the timeouts he uh we were kind of laughing around and he was uh nothing but confident and yeah it was more just kind of focused on our team trying to battle back for a win so I wasn't really too in my head about anything now do you think that game for Troy walking into that game with no fans was a little bit easier for him to walk into that situation and and not have that additional pressure of you know thousands of people watching you <laughs> yeah, I think we actually said that at a TV timeout. Um, just, I think he had kind of mentioned uh, maybe it's a good thing that the fans are in, in here or whatever. But um, I said to him after that, uh, I think my first minutes and then all was in Colorado in a packed house, and 
it kind of worked the other way in terms of it just being so loud that I couldn't really get too nervous or think about it. Like it was just kind of so loud and electric that like it kind of worked in my favor a little bit. But um, I'm sure if there was some fans in there, the pressure would have been the, a little more so. But no, he handled it very well and played awesome. Now, something came up on the podcast last week. I'm not sure. Did you listen to the interview with Challen last week? Uh yeah, as much as it pains me to say that I listen to the podcast, yeah, yeah, good I did. because yeah. that's going to lead me into my next question. So, as you know, Challen and I did talk about the in-game Rosie chant. Yeah, you were you were reaching there a little bit. Well, I think. see, this is what I want to know is like, and you can be honest because we're all amongst friends here. <laughs> yeah, are we? We're all friends here. I think. I don't know. Sometimes it seems to change. But did you miss it? Did you enjoy it? Did it matter? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think if uh, fans are chanting your name or yourself uh, with no fans <laughs> in the building, it's uh, it's good for the positive vibes. But uh, when you were talking about me kind of looking up at you and looking <laughs> See, for an extra one, I, I don't know. Like if that it was a little extra. I said I can sense the body language. Yeah, I, I can sense the body language. If, but anyways, that can stay. If it makes you feel better, unspoken. then yeah, sure. We'll. That can stay unspoken <laughs> if we need to. But uh, we should also tip the cap to Terry Giberson, who was again doing the uh, crowd noise on Saturday night. So she was bringing in the cheers after the rosy chants as well. So I think it worked out great. Yeah, no, this past as weekend it was be. good. Yeah, it as was good, good as could be given the situation. It was definitely good, but I, I don't think I was looking up at it yet. All, <laughs> all I'm saying. You'd never admit it, anyways. <laughs> yeah. I know it. <laughs> no, it was good. Even though. if it was true, you'd never admit it. The vibes in the arena are always good when you're winning. This is a that's a true fact. Nope, that's good. That's deep. <laughs> <laughs> Print the shirts. Yeah, yeah. Not a bad idea. All right, so this week we come ahead to Philadelphia, and it's now about getting some consistency in everybody's game here because we've talked about two weeks in a row, two games in a row, sorry, with with good performances, right? Stuff to build on here. How do you guys take what's happened in this last couple of games here and, and try to get that consistency going? Because the breaks in the schedule are not so frequent now. There's not that much time to regroup. It's one week after another here, lots of travel coming up as well. So it's going to be a a bit of a different blender to jump into here during the month of February and beyond. Yeah. I think uh, the key is to remain focused. I mean, we had that bye week. I think everybody is feeling a little refreshed and it was that kind of good reset for, uh, for our group. And hopefully uh, we get a bit healthier and that kind of stuff, get some guys back, but no, we're focused on getting prepared for Philadelphia. We got practice tonight, and and yeah, they're they're a great team. They're on pretty good roll as well, and uh, they're in our division. We beat them once, so if we grab this one, we get the season series, which is real important for us. And uh, yeah, we just want to keep playing well and keep that momentum going. Now, uh, dipping into Philadelphia itself, uh, have you identified any sports card or memorabilia shops that you may or may not be stopping by while you're on the road here this weekend? No, I haven't looked into that yet. Do you have any suggestions or no? No, I could maybe do some research, though. Okay. I asked Matty about cheesesteaks earlier on in the program, and he said he was just going to follow Brucey's advice. Yeah, Brucey, uh, yeah. I'm sure can find a good cheesesteak in Philly, but no, hopefully... Uh, yeah, and I don't think anybody would complain celebrating a win with a cheesesteak, that's for sure. We did that one year. Were you here then? On the the cheesesteaks were on the plane on the way back. 
Yeah, I think so. Was that the mom's trip? I believe you're right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I've been around a long time. Hammer boxes of cheesesteaks on the uh, yeah <laughs> on the flight home. I think we are had you a Pat's or Gino? Like, is there a particular that you like that you've tried down there? Um, I I don't think I'm one or the other, but I do think one post game me and Chappie a long time ago we played at midday noon or three, and I think we end up going to both. So they're right across yeah. the street from each other. Yeah, not bad. But the yeah. rumor is. And according to Barstool and everything, too, that there is another spot there um, that's better. Yeah, you get, get it ordered to the room after the game? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe I should be looking into that. Not a bad idea. I don't think anybody would complain about that. You wouldn't get a fine on the board on oh, Monday? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I'm getting one? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. All right. Know. Well, that's good to know. That's good to know. That actually is something probably worth looking into to see if we can get it. What is the name of that place? John's uh, Pork. Yeah, I don't know. Was. Yeah. John's something. Anyways, Dave Portnoy reviewed it on the One Bite uh, app when he was on the cheesesteak bender there for a little while. I can't remember what it was, but it was uh, John's Roast Pork. There we go. Yeah, now it's coming back to me. <laughs> Yeah, no, let's uh, make it happen after a big win, hopefully. Okay, well, now the pressure's on me. Yeah, usually is. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. All right, Rosie, well, uh, that's it. I think that it was quick and painless here this week, right? Yeah, nice well, and painless quick, for anyways, sure. Yeah. <laughs> how, how come you talk to Chow about all the TV shows, but not me? Well, what do you, do you want? I guess you want to have your time. What What is it that's uh, occupying your time? Um, we know usually there's an extra TV set up here in the boardroom for uh, <laughs> yeah, for some, watching some Netflix. Or some, we've had a lot of downtime the last devices. month, so uh, obviously uh, um, we watched some shows. Uh, me, Adam, and Chow did the Ozark, the new season. Nice. Are you into that or no? Oh yeah, I burned through that. Yeah. It's uh, if you would have listened to the podcast completely last week, <laughs> you would know I that Chow and I talked about it. But anyways, go ahead. I thought Chow talked about it, but maybe. <laughs> I was um, here too, yeah. I just wanted to confirm his story, really. But uh, no, I guess that um, Disney Plus, Boba Fett, the new Boba I'm not Fett. a subscriber to Disney Plus. Wow. Yeah. Really? They got a lot of good stuff and not just like classic Disney. Like they yeah. got some stuff that probably shouldn't be on Disney, to be honest with you. But <laughs> no, into the wow. new Boba Fett. Um, waiting on the new Marvel shows. I think uh, Hawkeye was pretty good. Went through that. Um, what's coming out soon? I guess Moon Knight in a month or so. Um, trying to think what else I've been really crushing. Did you watch that archive show? Whatever. It was no, with? that's a Chow show. Like I know he's trying to pump it up, but I don't think the majority of well, at least our household are hmm. on board for that. I think that's Chow's got. He loves the horror kind of thriller and. I think that he overhypes a lot of that stuff. Hmm. All right. He said it wasn't that scary. Well, that's the thing, though. He, like That's his go-to, so it probably wasn't scary for him, but a general person just going in. Would be frightened. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Not that I would be, but <laughs> I just I, I don't I don't think it looks that good. I don't know. Sorry, See, I would, Well, when we talked about it last week on the pod, to rehash that conversation yet again, uh, I said I was into it. I watched the trailer and I wanted to check it out. But he did say one show that did come up was The Circle. And yeah. <clears throat> I said I'm struggling to get through the third season. 
Who was on the third season? Because I yeah, I'd, I think I'm caught up, but like there, it all like all three seasons came out within two years. So. Yeah. Uh, oh boy, Jack. What's your guy? Jackson. There was the guy who ended up also. He ended up being the uh, ghost hunter guy. Did you watch that, Vince? No. Yeah. See, it's it's it, I, what I talked about last week was it's it's starting to get to the point where it's like you're take I'm watching like 20 minutes at a time. Like I can't even get through a whole episode, but I still kind of enjoy it. But. I thought season one was good just because it was yeah. different and whatever. But now I feel like the people that go on there kind of know what's up, and it's just like more fake now. Like I, I don't know. It's not like. That's and cool. I kind of think they should get rid of the whole catfish thing. Yeah. I just think that that's all everybody is trying to do is figure out who the catfish is. And then and, it ends up being like almost half the people now are going in. And somebody what else. does it really matter? I, like, yeah, it, you're still trying to just become the most popular. Essentially, yeah. Right? It's not like you're trying to like get away with being a catfish. You're just yeah. trying to get the most likes, essentially, whether it's you or not. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's wasn't bad, but I'm kind of over it too. I guess uh, Big Brother celebrities coming back soon. Did you watch the previous Big Brother celebrity? Oh yeah, we watch. Yeah. In our house, it's reality. But TV you guys Central. don't watch Big Brother Canada. No, that's not a that's not on us. Like We've it's just not some great big like Big Brother Canada has been pretty. It's good. just like it's I don't know it's not as good so we just don't. Usually Big Brother Canada is on. Is that on when like Survivor's on and. Big Brother Canada, I think, has usually started around well around this time, February, March. I think it was on when we had like three other reality shows going. So like Survivor, The Challenge is one of our favorites, and then and Big Brother is a lot because it is on like three times yeah. a week. So yeah, no, we're not on the Big Brother Canada, but we're excited for the celebrity one. Lamar Odom's on there. Yeah, hopefully get some tea about the Kardashians on there. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first time the phrase "get the tea" has been ever used on the Toronto Rock Total well, Access there podcast. There you go. Wow! All uh, right, my favorite. Um, try and have uh, some new slogans next yeah. time I'm on. Probably next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nick, with that attitude, I don't know if. Uh, yeah, what is this? I'm getting okay. Um, all right, Nick. Well, you know what? That's it. We've talked enough about everything, I think, right now to uh, fulfill everybody's obligations here this week. And uh, I wish you good luck in Philadelphia. Continued success. Uh, very happy for you that you played well last week. It was great to see. I enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed the Rosie chance. And uh, we'll do this again soon. Yeah, I appreciate it. Hopefully you're at home this weekend uh, with the Rosie chance on TV. Yeah. Are, are, are we on TV or on stream streaming? stream this week? Yeah. Either way, I know you'll be watching and yelling my name yeah. at home. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the other thing, child drop. Before we wrapped up here, they do drop the Rosie Chan all the time at the house to you? Uh, I'm guessing probably when I'm not in the room oh, okay. doing it. I don't think they do it to me all that often, no. but maybe the odd time. So child was lying. Well, I don't know. Like, okay. I can't really speak if they're if I walk out of a room and then they do it, or I don't know. <laughs> that would be weird if they did it when you walked out. Yeah, because that's almost like they'd be celebrating that you've left the room. No, well, I wouldn't be surprised. Oh. You never know. <laughs> okay, all right, Rosie. Well, thanks. We'll uh, we'll talk again soon. Okay, thanks, Hammer. All right, that was Nick Rose, goaltender with the Toronto Rock. Another short break here on Toronto Rock Total Access. We'll be back.
Wrapping up Toronto Rock Total Access for another week. I have to thank Matt Sawyer, head coach of the Toronto Rock, and Toronto Rock goaltender Nick Rose for both dropping by on this week's episode, giving us a little variety on the program here with two guests. Back to the olden days, I guess you could say, here on Toronto Rock Total Access. And if you were tracking Rock social media this week, you will know that the team has announced that there will be a start time change to the Saturday, February the 12th game against the Buffalo Bandits. It will now be a 5 p.m. start when the Bandits are here in town. And that is because there has been a change in the TSN national broadcast schedule. And the Toronto Rock will now be the Sports Interaction NLL Game of the Week coming up on Saturday, February the 12th. That start time now, 5 p.m. Eastern. So it'll get onto your television screen just a little bit earlier, a couple hours earlier. But great that we will be able to spread the game across the country live on television once again. That is on Saturday, February the 12th. And, of course, that is good news because we are still dealing with some restrictions here in the province of Ontario in terms of capacity at indoor sporting events. Right now, still at just 500 fans. So this game coming up on February the 12th will be played without fans once again. But we are looking forward to welcoming fans back in a big, big way on Saturday, March the 5th, when if everything still goes according to plan with the announced government timeline of reopening, that indoor sports venues will be able to go up to 50% capacity, which will bring us to about 8,500 at First Ontario Centre in Hamilton for that March 5th game. And then again, if all things go according to plan, we should be able to once again open up Rock City entirely and go to full capacity and put as many fans as we can in that building for the last three home games, March 26th, April 2nd, and April the 16th, which of course is Indigenous Heritage Night, a game that we were really looking forward to for the past couple of seasons, but has been postponed a couple of times now because of covid and uh, we're really hoping that uh, you can join us for that game. It's going to be a fantastic night. And so will all of our other home games that will be open to the public once again, starting on Saturday, March the 5th, when we begin to welcome fans back into First Ontario Centre to enjoy Toronto Rock Lacrosse. Very thankful that we will be able to do that finally. Again, as long as everything goes according to the government's announced plans. So that leads me to my next push, which is the 90s night pack, which is now on sale, which includes two tickets and two fanny packs to that March 5th game for just $60. They're corners or ends. Either one of those seat sections you can choose from, and you'll also get the two fanny packs. That's all included in the deal for just 60 bucks. So a fantastic deal to get you back to Rock City on March the 5th, we're also going to be announcing a very exciting ticket package coming up here this week. You may already know about it by the time you're listening to this podcast, but uh, keep your eye out for that. Or if you uh, haven't checked it out yet, go to torontorock.com and I'm sure very quickly you'll be able to figure out what that ticket package is. But I can't let the cat out of the bag here if you're listening uh, before we've actually announced it, which hopefully everybody can understand. And, uh, of course, single-game tickets are still available for the, uh, you know, March 5th, March 26th, April 2nd, and April 16th games. And along the lines of this Saturday, February the 12th game that is now a 5 p.m. start, the Saturday, March 26th game is 
also a 5 5 p.m. start. Uh, Again, a nationally broadcast game on TSN against the Georgia Swarm. As uh, you know, we're going to get to see two of the best lacrosse players in the world, Lyle Thompson and Tom Schreiber, go head-to-head in that game, amongst many others. But uh, a marquee matchup for sure, as between field lacrosse and box lacrosse, those two guys are usually the two guys that get mentioned most when we're talking about the best all-round players in the world being box and field combo action there. So all that coming up on the schedule, and don't forget to stay tuned uh, to all the Rock social media for everything going on, updates, roster moves, all that kind of fun stuff, and uh, always dial into torontorock.com and the Toronto Rock Total Access Podcast. Make sure you... Subscribe to the podcast, either on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud, and make sure you don't ever miss an episode. So that will about wrap things up for this edition of Toronto Rock Total Access. Again, I'll thank my guests, Matt Sawyer and Nick Rose, for dropping by. In the meantime and in between time, that's it. That's all. Another edition of Toronto Rock Total Access is over and done with. We will chat next week.